Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Hope everybody's having a pleasant one so far, October 27th. Memphis Grizzlies back in action. That makes it a good day. Beautiful day outside, by the way. But it's made even more beautiful by the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies are back at it tonight. Yes, embarking on a four-game road trip starts tonight down in Sacramento. They will be without Zaire Williams. Now, we knew that. That's been the case. But now we know for how much longer, at least, after a medical update from the Grizzlies yesterday. We'll get into that. How long? What's it mean for Zaire and the team? LeBron James is 0-4. That's news because he hasn't been 0-4 since his rookie season. Been a long time. That was 20 years ago. Got Thursday night football game. John and I both excited about Ravens at Bucks. Yes. Last I looked, Bucks were a two-point favorite. That sound about right to you, man? Yeah. I mean, I. It's funny. the The line has has done Moved. some weird things. Yeah. yeah. Opened at uh, Ravens uh, minus, minus one, one and a half, minus one, and it has now since moved to Bucks minus two. I will tell you, I locked it in yesterday at plus one. I said I I cannot possibly ever get Tom Brady at a lower price than I'm going to get him that. right now at the crib off an embarrassing loss. Don't know that it's going to hit, but I'm going to. I'm willing to live with the results on that one. It's a good game, despite it not being nearly as shiny as it probably was projected to be when the schedule when the schedule was made. Right, Ravens have grinded out to a four and three record, Bucks under five hundred, and just have not looked right mm-hmm. psychologically. But I do think it is going to be a good game. I, I do think we're going to have a good game here on Thursday night. We we, we are owed one after the last several weeks. Uh, and we had, what, Broncos-Chargers last Thursday, and then the week before that it was Bears-Commanders. So, you know, we we deserve a good one, and I think a good one it shall be. Uh, maybe no Mark Andrews for Baltimore. That could explain the movement there, and I do mm-hmm. think Mark Andrews is the rare tight end who is probably worth two or three points because he is the center of that offense. But if you don't have him, it's it's ugly. It's potentially ugly. So, must-win situation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ravens going for their first two-game win streak of the season. So uh, certainly we'll get into that on the show today. Pete Thamel said some very interesting things potentially about Memphis football and who, if it came to it, the next coach may be. Speculated openly, but I think there is a a particular uh, attention that is paid to Pete Thamel because of, you know, he's in the college football industry. He's talking to people. He's talking to agents. He's talking to administrations. And he had uh, he had some, some comments about Memphis football. So we will get into that here momentarily on the show. You mentioned it. Grizzlies back in action tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Drew Hill is going to join us at 1125. We'll talk to him about the Grizzlies, about the matchup tonight, and uh, it, how he thinks this is going to go. N- numbers come down a little bit. Grizz opened it. Plus four down to three and a half last I checked. First game of a, what, four-game road trip here? Correct. So uh, those are always a little tough 
always a little tough, especially against a team that is uh, not performing very well in the Sacramento Kings. So uh, we'll get into all of that with Drew Hill at 11.25. Then Jeff Kyle Keens is going to hop on at 1.25, and we will talk to him about Memphis football. We will talk to him about Memphis basketball. Uh, they're coming up on their final exhibition game, so it's about to be time to go. He's got a fantastic column about Jerry Lawler, too. Yes, yes. Um, we should talk to him about And we will. And we, he was in his bag on that one for sure. So that is uh, that is the show today. Looking forward to it, as always. But Jeff mentioned it. I went out and found the audio, right? So your responsibility as a content creator or a media man or what have you is, okay, if somebody breaks the story, which in this instance Jeff did, he unearthed the story to an, to an audience at large, we have to move it forward. We have to advance it. So we went digging, and Pete Thamel was on a podcast uh, earlier this week on Monday with Reese Davis. Um, and I, I, game day's going to Jackson State, right? Correct. That's the, that's the news here. So that's why they're talking about Jackson State and Deion Sanders. And obviously the next part of that conversation, once you get past Jackson State's record and what they're doing, is Dion, And is he going to have opportunities after the season? How hot of a coaching candidate is he going to be? Mm-hmm. And this is the conversation that was had about that on the College Game Day podcast. Do you think experience is a factor? Having not been in a high-end program, an FBS level, has also been a factor. And I think people are open to the idea of it happening. These ADs tend to be pretty risk-averse. And college presidents are even more Mm risk-averse. So you have two subsets where, say, are we going to be the ones that that push over the line? Um, I do think that at some point in this cycle, he's going to be taken a lot more seriously. Uh, Arizona State is a place, depending on who makes the hire, who could, you know, that could that could take a long look. If a job like Memphis Open that's had success with Penny Hardaway, who kind of came in with very little experience mm-hmm. in, the, in the coaching realm, and Penny's done a good job there, um, and that's certainly generated a lot of excitement and helped elevate that program. That's an aspirational program, right? Like, they'll take mm-hmm. the risk to crush it because they want to get in the next iteration of realignment, et cetera. So that, that's a general example. Obviously, I'm not wishing anything away for Ryan Silverfield. Um but that th- those it, it would have to be a kind of school that has some ambition and it needs to stand out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Georgia Tech would be a good fit just uh, for, for for myriad reasons. I do think he could capture Atlanta, but it's I think Dion would work in an initial burst. What I'd want to hear is his plan for sustained success. So that was uh, the 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 part that you would care about, right? As the listener in Memphis. Uh, Pete Thamel throws the University of Memphis out as a general example of a school that might hire Deion Sanders. So that is, that is, I, I, I guess, one part of the conversation. There are several factors in this conversation. One is Memphis is not open. Memphis is not an open job. There is no guarantee that Memphis will be an open job. Um, although, again, I have to believe that for, for Pete Thamel to sort of throw that out there, you know, because if, if if you as a national reporter had you know any reason to believe that no way this job opens up, you wouldn't even worry about mentioning Memphis, right? Sure. He may not know that one way or the other. He may just sort of see uh, that Memphis is five hundred and that they've been blowing leads, and he's just sort of surmising here. I don't know. I haven't talked to Pete Thamel about that, but I do think these next four games will say a lot, and it could dictate a lot about 
um, you know, what that decision could look like. So that is the first thing. Memphis isn't open. Secondly, Deion Sanders, as a as a coach at the University of Memphis, uh, the idea of it, juxtaposing it with Penny Hardaway, it makes sense to me, right? Any issues on your end? No. No, for, for a lot of the same reasons that Penny made sense. Now, there were more, um, but Dion would make sense in that you get the immediate pop. Yep. Right? That's for, exactly for, right. For a program that needs all the support and belief it can get. And, and, and John, to be honest with you, it needs it quickly. Right? Kind of like it did with, with, with Tubby in the Penny situation. Because, and Thamel brought it up, the next iteration realign. you want to be in position. You can't change your market size. Yep. But what you can do is, is, is show people that you tried to put your program, your football program, back where it was a few years ago. Right? Where it was the best thing outside the Power Five. And again, can you convince people of that by going another year with Ryan Silverfield? Well, a lot to be determined, as John said, over the next you know four weeks or so. We'll, we'll find out here. But, no, from the standpoint of does it match up, mm-hmm. absolutely. And from the sense, John, too, that Dion would be coming into an American athletic conference that looks a lot different than it does right now. Yep. Where you would be expected to run the roost in a conference that's still got ECU Tulane. I know those schools beat you this year. Yep. Uh, I mean, we, that, that's, that's another conversation. Um, it's not much different from Jackson State – point you made before we came on the air in the sense that you're not going to the ACC. This ain't Georgia Tech. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You could you could see yourself. Remember, we, uh, I asked Fitzy this, this week. If you're Dion, do you stay at Jackson State because you know you can remain successful and at the top so when Florida State, whoever comes calling, you can go there as opposed to you go to a Georgia Tech. Fail, yep. are you still as hot a candidate? Yep. Well, with back to the point. Memphis, you could see him succeeding and especially in a conference where you know, you consider with your resources, with his pop, what he brings to the table, you, you, you'd figure you're right there at the top, competing at the top as soon as he comes in. Absolutely. I think those are all fair points. Um, again, as we acknowledge that far from any guarantees that Memphis would do this. Well, in fact, you guys have said that there seems to be no right My- ener- energy right now from Memphis, boosters, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to, to make a change. But But – that goes against kind of what Thamel's saying is yeah. Memphis aspirational program that yeah. should be looking to make yeah. a big, you know, a big well, plunge. You know, I, right I, now, it doesn't seem like they. I just wonder if that's, they're in that mode. I wonder if he's basing that opinion off of like four years ago. Sure, he you is. know what I mean. I'm sure like, he is. I, and, and, and it's not the case right now. It's right. In terms of finger on the pulse of what's happening this week. Yeah, and I also like. I also wonder again, energy. I because I, I don't think the energy is there right now, but I do think the energy could arrive. I do think if you just totally stumble to the finish well, line, we've talked here, about what 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 Simmons Bank's going to look like over yeah. the next few weeks. No, I, I do think there are in terms of attendance. I, and I, I guess the other thing for the other thing that I would say, so there's like, okay, why would this happen? And then there's why would this not happen? I, I think yes, there you, it would happen because it would be a pop. It would happen because uh, it, it would restore a lot of excitement. I think initially. Um, and to seeing what this is going to look like, getting people serious? excited. ESPN be all over yeah. Memphis. They'd yeah. have every satellite so truck they got down here. It would be a complete sort of reversal from where the program currently is. Would there be the same urgency from the administration to do it for a guy like Dion, who, unlike Penny, is not from here, does not have connections here, isn't one of the most famous alumni? I mean, even though they have a lot of the same characteristics. Penny was a son of Memphis, and Dion is not. 
Um, and I also think there was this thought that, okay, we're, we'll do this and we don't have to worry about Penny ever leaving because he doesn't want to do that. He's not going to leave for some other college job. With Dion, you would know on the front end he is gone at first opportunity. Well, no questions asked, which is the case for every coach that comes here, right? But it just goes into, you know, okay, do we really want to do this right now for potentially a one- or two-year rental? I don't know. Like, I think you probably should if the math works out um, and and if it does sort of lead to, you know, the, the, the desired results. I think the third part of the conversation is, and perhaps this is the most important com- part of the conversation, Jason, would Dion do it? Would Dion go from Jackson State to Memphis? On the surface, you you think mm, probably not. It's not that. I mean, it, it's FCS to FBS, no doubt. But it's not going from Jackson State to Florida State. It's 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 not a guaranteed success at Memphis. Um, you're gonna have to recruit. You're gonna have to you know do all these things. But then you sort of think about okay, the the changing climate inside the AAC you don't have to beat UCF you don't have to beat Cincinnati you don't have to beat Houston mm-hmm. your main competition is going to be SMU pretty much year in and year out Tulane those are the teams you're talking about UAB I guess I don't know if you want to throw them in there um, but you look at across the landscape and you see a, a conference that is much weaker that you know if you're running the swag right now you probably feel the same way about the AAC, well, at least what it's going to look like by the time you would be the coach. So I don't know. Like, it, I, I don't know the mind of Deion Sanders. I don't know if he's sitting back thinking, hey, look, I don't have to go to Memphis because my name is going to be on people's brains no matter what if I'm going undefeated down here every single year and I can just wait out, I can stake out for the right one and not have to prove it at a lower level. I don't know if that's the case. Um but I could also make the argument that Memphis is set up to succeed pretty quickly for him too. And that that way you take – like because one of the things he mentioned that we didn't play was that these ADs are a little skeptical of, of, of Dion still because it's just FCS. He hasn't done it at the FBS level. Mm-hmm. Well, you come to Memphis, you kill it for two years, you know, and you win your conference two years in a row because you recruit the best players, et cetera, et cetera, you, you know. That will take that criticism off the table very quickly. Well, and then aren't you back to being the school that gets the hot guy, and then let you know that guy moves on Power Five, and yeah. you're, you're identifying that guy. And Absolutely, you fall back into into that mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thamel didn't do Silverfield any favors here. I know he sort of said, "Hey, I'm not wishing anything on him." Yep. But once people start thinking about who the next guy could be, yep. Right. Do you realize what Silverfield's got to do now just in yeah. terms of this season to get people excited in terms of get people believing again that he's got it building and he go into a next season and that'll be the year, you yeah. know, that you take over the AC? That's that's tough because whether it's Dion or Kenny Dillingham or whatever, once those names get – and people start thinking about that as opposed to, oh, you're the guy that's going to turn around here. No, we, we believe in you. John, it becomes tougher. It becomes – everything you do becomes tougher. And so, again – yeah, man, I, I don't know. It, 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 it feels a lot like Penny in the sense that you could fix it quick in a lot of ways. You know, you'd, you'd sell season tickets with Deion Sanders coming in there. That is, ESPN's all over you. What are you talking about? In many of the ways, it's a lot like Penny because you're all over. You're going to be front page ESPN. Deion's at Memphis. I'll go back to your, your point, the third part of this. Would Deion take it? I don't know. Because Memphis, I'll be honest with you, it's a lot. It's not where it was two, three years ago, 
you have an NIL issue that Silverfield keeps pointing to. Now, I'd tell you, maybe rather than Dion saying, oh, man, we can't. We're, we we don't have the NIL power. Well, Dion would try create to fix it. it. Dion would create that. And that's that. a good thing for your program. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Well, because Dion's got the whole bar stool Even thing. if it's on short term, but back to the point, like you, you're talking maybe a different level there, but back to the back back to my point. A lot like Penny in the sense that, I don't know, John, we, we keep plodding down this road hoping for hope. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you want to save $3.5 million, which would mm-hmm. be the buyout for Silverfield. Hope that he's going to get turned around. That doesn't typically get a lot of people excited. No, no, it does not. This, it's not. This would fix your problem. That's quickly. not a rallying cry for Ryan Silverfield. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Like, oh, we can't do anything because we can't afford it. It's not a rallying cry for your fan base. Um, and I think everybody involved understands that. So I don't know. I don't know if you get Dion. Yeah, I, I do. I think. I think those are all. Maybe Dion says I can do at. I can do right here what I would be doing at Memphis. <laughs> right. Successfully, now, if I'm at the top of the now I again, mean, you can make the argument what, though. FBSFCS, he'll be on TV more at Memphis. He will. I mean, he's he's getting ESPN Plus treatment right now. He'd be on ESPN, ESPN, ESPN two. He'd be he'd be on national television tenfold. The games because yes. he's on. Yes, but the games, but his like his yes. his players, you know, sure, 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 things like that. I mean, it, he would have it, but he would enjoy advantages at Memphis that he does not enjoy currently at Jackson State. But I do think there is an argument to be made that it's not gonna move the meter enough for me to 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 stop what I'm doing here, right? And because because he's the king of 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 HBCUs, he's the king of of the swack. He owns that domain. You're now, even though you're in the AAC, you're now in the mainstream of college football at the University of Memphis. You're you're another one. You're you're one of 130 Division 1 coaches now, right? Mm-hmm. FBS coaches. So the you know, the the dominance it, it it's not as profound, you know. And would he like that? Like does he he he's a big fish anywhere he goes because he's Deion Sanders. But does he like being the big fish in the swack, right? And could he handle being less of a big fish? Because it's harder, you know. You're, you're. Everybody is, you know, on some level. Not in the AAC, but you're just not running FBS the way you're running the SWAC right now. You, you could win your league in the AAC. It's just going to look different. It's going to look different. I feel like he sort of plays by his own rules right now. And would Memphis like, like would Memphis be cool with him doing what he's doing at Jackson State here? You know, in terms of. Just the way he runs the program. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think they should be. I, I don't. I, I, just in terms of measuring downside for Memphis. I, no, I, I don't I think they have a lot. I agree. For Dion, you can make right. a case. Right. Okay. If you're not successful here, you're, yep. you don't have the pop. You're not as hot a candidate. If you're not top in a in a, in, in an American Athletic Conference, we think a new look that that frankly you should be at the top of. There, yeah. There's more risk for him, obviously. I think there is than there is for Memphis. Yeah, but 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 one of the things, there ain't many reasons not to. If yeah. you're Memphis, but again, you have a football coach who is still employed at this point. Right. You're not Arizona State, which fired Herm. They did Ram, fire Herm Edwards. Yeah, he lost to Eastern Michigan Correct. at the house. Yeah. So that was one of those. What, they just bump up on this uh, interim assistant? I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay attention. So, yeah, that. I mean, I, look, I, there's no decision to be made today on Memphis, but. He did mention Memphis second, you know. Right. But, but I do think it is notable that he mentioned Memphis at all. I think you're naive if you don't think that, like, he's he's heard something. He's heard – because Pete Thamel ain't paying attention to Memphis, 
right? He's not he's not watching Memphis football games. He's a national college football reporter. He's not just saying, "All right, let me check in on the unranked Memphis Tigers today. Let me see what they're doing against Tulane." He ain't doing that. He's heard through the somewhere that hey, look at Memphis. We just see he just he's got the temperature. Right. Right. Yeah. Um and that temperature could obviously elevate. It could. Given a given a tough four-game uh, stretch here if it if it doesn't go well and here. the fact when when names come out like this people start talking about other yeah you know other possibilities no but but the, I, the temp I, can go up more look if 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 they get to a point and again I don't know that they will I'm skeptical that they will but if they do get there that's the idea Dion is the idea you know a mover and a shaker right a, a, a somebody that would come in here and try to um, you know disrupt the establishment. You know, a disruptor. I want a disruptor. That's what you want. You, you you want somebody. It was Mike Norvell, a disruptor. He put up 50 points a game. You know, he was disrupting defenses, at least. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you hope to uh, to bring in. Um, and, you know, again, the story is not over on Silverfield. It doesn't look good right now. Um, again, this next the, – the final month of the season will tell us everything, I think. Um, but if you get to that – point then I do think that's that's the idea that's the direction whether it is exactly Dion or not you know I think that's where your arrow needs to be pointed so anyway Pete Thamel mentioned it it was quite fascinating the idea of Dion Sanders in a University of Memphis uh you know jumpsuit hmm. with Penny Hardaway as the basketball coach <laughs> that that would be that would be crazy that would be wild as hell but I'm in I'm sign me up like, I'm, who would not love that? Uh, anyway, we'll come back. We'll talk to Drew Hill, get his thoughts on the Grizzlies. They are back in action tonight against the Sacramento. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh kings did y'all boys not get the memo i do not stay at the intercontinental and anything i got is not a Hill covers the Memphis Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian. He's on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM. Joins us every Thursday. He joins us now. Uh, you skip this trip, bro? Yeah, I'm not going on this one. It's, okay. The games are just the games are too. I, I don't know. They're, they're not. They're, they're not hope. They're not high profile enough for Drew Hill. Be a They're time not in high Utah. profile, and it's expensive. I don't know if you've looked at flights these days, but it's extremely expensive to go across the country. Uh, so, yes, I think this road trip we're going to hold off. We're going to go to a lot of games this year, but this, okay. this road trip we're going to hold off. Uh, before we get into the Grizzlies and uh, and their matchup tonight, and this road trip and other things, I want to because I, I know you're a college football guy deep down. Um, Pete Thamel was talking about Deion Sanders. Um, and he was talking about some jobs that you know he might uh, he might entertain, or some jobs that might entertain him, and vice versa. And Memphis was mentioned. He Memphis was one of the you know really the two primary schools that uh, that got thrown out there for him. Does that make sense for Memphis? Does that make sense for Dion? If indeed Memphis came open, I think it makes more sense for Memphis than it does for Dion. Uh, if I'm being honest, because I think given what he's been able to do and the players that he's been able to get at Jackson State, I mean, that it's obviously impressive. Like, uh, And they're winning games. And the only question I guess I have to some degree as it relates to Dion and his success if he were to go to a, I don't know, a big-time Power 5 job is like, okay, he's winning right now at Jackson State when he has – the supreme talent there very clearly in a lot of areas. Um, And they're winning a lot of games. And obviously you have to be able to keep that talent together in order to win games. But how much of that is the players that he has versus everybody else or the coaching job that he's doing? Uh, Recruiting is part of coaching, but it's not all of coaching. So to me, that's interesting. But, you know, if you're Memphis, you can get Deion Sanders. Like, he's going to get players to go there. I I, I think that that would be – uh, a pretty good hire. Now, you, you, if you're Laird Veach, 
you know, between Penny mm-hmm. and uh, Deion Sanders, there's going to be no shortage of headlines, that's for sure. But, uh, I, I mean, if that's a possibility for the Tigers, like, I would at least be calling and just seeing if he's interested. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, I think, obviously I, Ryan still has a job. Though, he does. He does. Moment. He definitely does. I, I, I just think whether it's Deion Sanders, like whether it's Memphis or whatever, I think clearly people are, um, people are clearly thinking about Florida State. They're and and that makes sense. But they, who knows? They may not fire Mike Norvell. They may. They may not fire Mike Norvell after this season. I guess what you just have to weigh if you're Deion, and only he knows this, is how much do athletic directors need to see it at the FBS level, or, or is the FCS enough? In the case of Penny Hardaway at Memphis, it didn't matter. He had never had Division One experience as an assistant or a head coach, and they believed in his ability enough to give him the job. Um, I, I feel like Florida State, there's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer for them, um, but as it relates to any, anywhere else, yeah, I mean, the more I, the more I sort of lay this thing out, the less and less, <laughs> the less and less sense it makes for Dion to come to Memphis, you know, it's just like, for what, what would he do it? What, what would he need to do it for? What would he need to prove if Florida state's the goal, they'll just bring him in because he's Dion and he's had success at, at Jackson state. They don't need to see him do it at Memphis or Auburn or whatever, you know, but Jackson state will surely be enough. And the second he has success at Memphis, he'd be out the door. That's the other thing about like he doesn't, he's not tied to the university. Yeah. The way that Penny Exactly. Now, yeah, any coach that Memphis hires, for the most part, is going to, you know, take the first Power Five job they get, which is sure, understandable. But that's especially true for Dion. That's especially true for Dion. Like, I, I, you know, I think, you know, even Mike, like, he had great years. I mean, the first time, like, given his success that he's had now at an FCS program, the first time he has a winning season, people will be calling him. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be almost immediately. I think in that scenario, but we'll see. I mean, I, like it would certainly be a splash hire. It'd be a popular hire for sure if they were able to pull something off like that. But Ryan still has a job. Let's see if he can get him to a bowl game um, and see what happens there. All right, on to the the Grizzlies, Drew. Sound like you suspected, at least uh, uh, from the pod, that we were headed this in this direction with Zaire Williams, where he would be gone for at least some stretch of time. Get the medical update yesterday that's going to be four to six on him. Do you think at this point, at least four to six weeks, John, do you think at this point Jaron will be back before Zaire? Mm. I think there's a good chance, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do. Um, You know, based on what was said a week ago, which was in a couple weeks they hope that uh, Jaron can get back to playing five-on-five. Well, once you're playing five-on-five, you're not too far away. Sounds like, you know, based on what was said then, you, you can, when they say a couple weeks, you, you can't take that literally because the Grizzlies, yeah. are, the timelines are, are usually pretty foggy. But if it's around a couple of weeks, that means like within the next, you know, two or three weeks, at least Jaron should be back to playing five on five basketball. Um, so that to me suggests that he's probably going to be back before Zaire Williams comes back. Um, and I, I think that that's important. I know we're going to get into how they're going to replace him, but, uh, you know, uh, Jaron, because of the way that Santi Aldama has sort of emerged as another guy that can space the floor yeah. 
and shoot, like he's going to open up more doors for Taylor Jenkins. Like right now his, his hand is kind of forced. Like he has to play the rookies because they really just don't have other options. They just do not have a lot of depth. But once Jaron comes back, you can get a little bit more creative with these lineups and see, you know, what can work better. But yeah, right now, if I had to guess, uh, I'd probably guess that Jaron's back before Zaire. And, and and what do you think this sort of means for Zaire? I mean, in the, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's just well, it's one four to six week stretch, and is and what you hope is a long prosperous career. But you know, this was a year, and, and, and we don't you know we haven't really paid that much attention to it because Jaron is is the is the guy you really want back. But you know, as a top ten pick, you were sort of circling this season as as one where you wanted to see him take a step. Can that still happen when he's going to be I mean, at four to six weeks, I'm going to always lean to the six, then the four with the Grizzlies, right? Um, what does this sort of mean for, for his development? Does it stun it in any way, or do you still think he can come in after the six, find his spot in the rotation, and, and have a good sophomore year? Yeah, I think the latter there. I, I don't think that this changes everything for Zaire Williams. It's obviously very disappointing from a just a media and a fan perspective, because we were all excited to see what he could do based on what he was able to do in summer league and just the way that the Grizzlies have been able to develop players. I and mean, we see what Santi's doing in his second year. He's surprising everybody. So um, it's disappointing more than anything else. I think this isn't like a career changer, path changer for Zaire Williams. Um, at least it, it shouldn't be. Uh, if it's just a four to six week deal, like, that happens to people in the NBA all the dang time. So um, it's just more disappointing than anything. And maybe it takes him a little bit longer to get going this season. But he went, he played in those preseason games. He went through training camp. He went through all the summer league. This is just like getting hurt in the middle of the season. Remember last year in the middle of the season when he got hurt, he turned his ankle. Well, when he came back, he had like a different level of focus. He had been completely reset. He shot the ball way better from three-point range. So Zaire's already shown once, like, he can get hurt and come back and find a rhythm and, you know, develop and play. So I don't really worry about that. To me, it's just more disappointing than anything else. I think the number on Ja tonight's 30-and-a-half points. Have we reached a point this season with as much as he's getting to the free throw line? I know he's, he, he, you probably won't shoot it this hot from – not probably. You won't be this hot from three all season long. But is this what it's going to be? I asked Benson this earlier this week. I'm curious to hear what you think. Is Are we looking at 30-plus for him this season? <laughs> it might be. Um, I think he's got a real chance to win the scoring title, especially – I mean, if the guy shoots anywhere close to 40% from three-point range, he's got a really uh, – a real chance. He does. Tonight's a tough one, by the way, on that 30-and-a-half because – He's going up against a guy who's pretty fast himself uh, that can stay in front of him probably better than, than other people. I haven't had the chance to go back and look at Ja versus De'Aaron Fox matchups quite yet. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be like this the rest of the season. I could totally see him averaging over 30 points a game. Um, I think coming into the season, it was like the projection was very close to 29 so if he just barely outdoes that, he's going to get to 30. This is a guy that is unstoppable when he makes a three-point shot. you got to be able to stay in front of him. These teams are still sagging off him. They're probably going to continue to do that because he's just too dangerous going to the basket. 
that you almost have to give him that shot. And so when he's making that shot, he's scoring 30 points a game pretty easily. I, I'd love to know. I, I'm sure I can find this. I would love to know the percentage of time he scores 30 points when he makes at least two three-pointers. Because it feels like mm. he's going to make at least two a game now. Yep. And if that's the case, it's going to be 30 points almost every single night. I, I completely agree. I think he has unlocked a new element of his game. And it is past the point, uh, and I said this earlier this week, but I'm going to recycle the line. It's past the point of if you're a defense saying, if he makes it, God bless him. Because that's what you would have said. You know, oh, if he's going to take a 30, like that shot he made at the end of the game against the Nets, you'd have just said, oh, God, you know, if he makes it, God bless him. But I think we're way past that point. I think if you're a defense, you can't take that approach because he will burn your ass every night if you do that. Like, And then that's what makes him – like, he's a real demon right now defensively as a matchup because now you have he's keeping everybody honest at all parts on the floor. And he has not always done that in his career. It's amazing he was doing what he was doing when, he, when that wasn't the case, but now it is. And so it's like it's, it honestly is good luck every night. Good, whoever's guarding John Morant, good luck because he's going to get 30. Yeah, Dylan got asked about this after the last game. And he just said, without any hesitation at all, almost interrupted, was just like, unstoppable. Unstoppable. The MVP of the league, unstoppable. What he, what he does is just so ridiculous. And he, it was almost from like a, I know, which I'm sure he does, I know basketball more than all of you guys, and what he's doing is even crazier than I think you realize. Yeah. Like that was kind of the place where Dylan was coming from as he was talking about it. I mean, we've, we've got the chance to get a taste of just how brilliant he is because of the stuff like the Ben Simmons thing that happens mm-hmm. and some of these plays he makes late in the game. You know, I had that story on Ja this week where I interviewed him in Houston right before he scored those, the 49 points in that game. Um, I talked to him that morning, and I was just asking him about, you know, what constitutes a great clutch player and talked about how he can take over games at the end and, you know, where that sort of comes from. And really everybody pointed out three things. They're like, yeah, he's the freak athlete, but he's also incredibly smart as it relates to those things. He's completely fearless. He does not care if he misses the last shot. He cares if he misses the last shot because he's worried about disappointing his teammates. He didn't care about, actually missing the last shot. You know, he, that, that's not an embarrassing moment for John Morant. And then the leadership, and I think you see it all sort of come together. But to hear everybody just talk about how special he is, everybody points to something different. And that's how you know you got a special one, right? Everybody doesn't go, well, yeah, he can jump higher than everybody else. Everybody points at something different as it relates to John Morant, which is how you, that, that's how you truly, truly know that this guy is special he's got it whatever it is he's got it because he has every single element to the game and uh it's just so fun to watch I, we're, we have no words to describe it we, we talked about that last week there's just no words to describe this anymore drew how how important is dylan brooks to this in the sense that you know i know we, you, you saw that game back he's rusty you know you're groaning shot for shot then at the end he's fine he's you know he's falling in bane's the hot guy and he gets it to him and I know the point was made after the game, and I think it, it rings true that when he's out there, too, it unlocks Bane in terms of those assignments defensively, right? You don't have as much pressure on you if you're Bane when you got Dylan Brooks on the floor. So, in ter- I, you know, I, I know we've still got to see a ton, right? We didn't get to see it last year with Dylan in there with Jaron and the full crew. 
But right now and, and, and going forward, how important is he to, to this team and what they're trying to do this season? Well, he's definitely important. And you can tell because their defensive rating as of this morning is the very worst in the NBA. Yes, sir. Um, and when Dylan has been on the court, which has been only one game, so it's literally a microscopic sample size, their defensive rating is already just way better. Um, for whatever reason, that guy, he just he injects energy yeah. into the Grizzlies whenever he's on the court defensively. Now, at the same time, some of the decision-making is it, – it's only been one game again, but it was not good in that Nets game. You sure. you can't just pretend that it was it was good. And he's also just in a precarious situation this year because he's up for a new contract. They didn't get a deal done um, in the off season, and you wonder if the Grizzlies are going to, you know, let the guy just walk at the end of the year to some other team that wants to pay him more money, or if. He's one of the people that ends up involved at the trade deadline because they don't want him to walk out the door for free. So um, he's fascinating. He's important to the team and very clearly important defensively. But you also got to think about the future of the team. Yeah. Um, and so, to me, it's 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 just that's going to be an incredibly difficult decision for Zach Kleiman to figure out. You know exactly how he fits, and I know that they like Dylan Brooks. They they still like Dylan Brooks, and we can see what kind of impact he makes on, you know, the defensive end of the floor. But mm-hmm. overall, there's some tough decisions coming in the future as it relates to Dylan Brooks. So the better he plays now, the the, the better off it is for everybody. We're talking to Drew Hill, covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM. You're gonna be uh, you gonna be filling in next week, amigo. Are you gonna be up here or what? I will be tomorrow and all of next week. So. All right. So you can get all – so this is why you had to skip out on the road trip. you got some other duties you got to take care of, which I, I respect and appreciate. In terms of tonight, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's a tough one. It's the first game of a road trip. On one hand, you want to set the tone for the Grizzlies. On the other hand, you're getting a Kings team that has not won a game yet, so their desperation is going to be at an all-time high. Uh, what do you think about this matchup for the Grizz? It's interesting. I like watching Ja versus De'Aaron Fox, and it does feel like every time De'Aaron Fox plays against Ja, he plays better because he's so motivated to just to sort of prove a point. So it is, it is a bit of a tough matchup. Uh, they get Keegan Murray back, who a lot of people think might win Rookie of the Year. That's who I picked to win Rookie of the Year in our preseason predictions. Um, podcast with Chris Harrington. He had an amazing summer league. He's he, I think he has the potential to instantly become maybe the best player on the Kings. Like, I, I feel that strongly about him. Um, so it, it, it'll be definitely not a cakewalk for the Grizzlies in these West Coast trips, especially, you know, when you have to travel all the way out there the day before the game and wake up and play, and it's a, it's a super late tip uh, tonight in Memphis. I, it's those games are always tough. It, it feels like the Grizzlies should win these next four games all on the road. I would bet that they probably don't win all four games on the road just because it's the NBA and any of these teams can get you, and the Kings could certainly get them tonight. How about them Bears, baby? Break up the band. Three wins, that's more than John <laughs> Martin's Raiders, you know, Drew. It is more than John Martin's Raiders. Um, look, I was at the Nets game on Monday, uh-huh. so – I'm going to be 100% honest here. I was telling people before the, the Nets game, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that 
the Grizzlies have a game tonight, so I don't have to watch this train wreck on TV. Yep. And then I'm just looking down. I'm getting texts from my dad and from my buddies that are Bears fans, and they're all going nuts. And so I had to come home and watch the highlights afterwards. Look, I, we got problems. Um, we got problems, but we got ridiculous amount of cap space this summer. We yes, we, we might as well just sign the whole Raiders roster, and they can go down and play Pop Warner or something because we got so much cap space. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think that the future is is looking better. I still don't know how much I believe in Justin Fields, sure. but it was a good game from him, and it was surprising. Like I didn't think they would do anything against Bill Belichick's defense, but but here we are. They had a plan. At least that was good to see. You have to wake Virginia up if you want to do anything with your roster. Uh huh. You have to. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, she's that, that, that could be a problem. She's about yeah. to unlock the cash next year. You said it. Is that if it's that? She's unlocking the treasure chest, baby. We got the money. Okay, one final act, huh? One last act. <laughs> no, she's alive and well. Okay, I just heard her on the uh, that Sunday night football preview when she was doing the voiceover, and I said, "Oh God, this is brutal. This is brutal. It's a little rough." You know, nobody lets Sister Jean do the uh, you know voiceovers for March Madness. She's, she's still throwing out first pitches. Oh, is that she's, what you would call a throw? Sprightly. She's sprightly. Is that what you would call a throw? That thing didn't even reach the end of the uh, mound, bro. That thing, that was a... She's like 112, bro. <laughs> Drew, John, thank you. this is yeah. not good karma. That, talking exactly, about right? Like, That's what I'm trying to... Sister. I'm, well, trying I'm to, saying, though. Is, I don't want you, you to be a part okay, of this. Okay, but, but here's my thing, though, right? As, if, you're, if you're the promoters, do you really bring her out to throw the first pitch? Like, she can't get the ball across the plate. Dude, she gets the crowd hype. Uh, is that right? Yes! Drew, you like Sister Jean? Throw that everywhere in Chicago. You, Dude, John, you're gonna get hit by lightning on he the way really home. Is, yeah, he really is. Yeah, he really is, Drew. I mean, that is. Yeah, you is, got fired up when you saw Sister Jean being rolled out there to throw the first pitch. This is wrong. Well, the way that the that's a hazard. She can hit somebody in the face with that thing. You don't know where it's going. <laughs> she, she must have blessed us or something because we were like one of the worst teams in baseball the first half of the season. And then Sister Jean comes, throws out the first pitch, That's and right. all of a sudden the Cubs look like they have a little bit oh, of Oh, is that right? Y'all had a strong start to the start, strong end of the season? You need to apologize. You need to apologize to Sister Jean and whatever, you know, whatever religious entity uh, you follow here, mm-hmm. John, you need to apologize yeah, to pagan. your God and to Sister Jean so that you don't get hit by lightning on the way home. Okay. Well, I, we we need to bring uh, good advice, Drew. Ryan Sorefield needs to wheel out uh, Sister Jean before UCF next weekend, because she's such good luck. We 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 need to go four and zero at the end of the t- <laughs> to end this year. So we we got to make that call. Throw out the uh, is there like a ceremonial thing you could do for Memphis football? Kick like a field goal or something. <laughs> kick a uh, first kick. I don't know. Uh, all right, Drew. Enjoy Drew, the you, uh, enjoy the festivities tonight, brother. Thank you. Uh, see you, bye. He is Drew Hill. Uh, covers the Grizz for the Daily Memphis. Look, I, he's right about you getting struck down. You're talking about Sister Jean. I, I just say what everybody else is thinking. Did you say you worship a pagan lord? No, I. That's what I heard from him. He just told Drew that. I don't know if that's he said what he's I pagan. Said. Is what he said. I don't think John thinks about karma at all when he talks. Well, I just feel like if I was a promoter, I would say, okay, I would sit down, I would ask myself, good idea. She is a celebrity. Good idea. In Chicago. Everywhere. Good she goes. idea. Is it going to work? Is it practically going to – is she going to be able to pitch? And the answer was no. The it's answer a, was was resoundingly no. It, she did not get the – like 50 cents of the ball, whatever, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Is it funny with Sister Jean? No, it's not. 
It's not funny at all. You're the only one saying you got to be able to do it from the pitching mound or else you shouldn't be up there. <laughs> Fool. My She's Lord. She's a hundred and what, two or three? Yes. Give her, I gave hell. her a respect burger when she had her birthday recently. Why didn't you give her a respect burger when she got the ball out? Respect. Because it wasn't. We didn't. We had just given her one for the birthday. Can't oh, okay. overfeed her. Right. That's true. That's a good point. I don't know. I just. I, I just feel like you know. Hey, I want to. I want to get somebody that can like you know got a little zip. I will tell you, I was a lot like you talking about ageist things in my 30s. Yeah, he tried to give me that label. And he... he but it's, 40, really, it's really him. The, 40, the age, when you hit... It sneaks up on you fast, John. You need to start peddling the other way a little bit on the age. No, it's... Uh, I'm... I'm uh, what am I? 13 years removed from high school. And uh, and, and almost 10 from college. So that that's a, that's a revelation there. Like, oh, God. I'm getting... Like the things that I enjoyed are now becoming cringe, you know. Like that's the cycle and circle of life. Like all the things that I thought were cool and whatever, like now all the kids say, like I'm I'm a uh, chuggy. You ever heard that term? No. Chuggy means you're cringy, old man. Dude, you still on the game? You sent me and Bennett thing the other day. Yeah, I am. <laughs> What'd you? You won an online game with a yeah. a fake field goal, didn't you? Yeah, I was uh, I was at a tightly contested man, battle there. Talk about how grown he is. Well, yeah, I still I still have Video a little games. bit of use. How now, old, how old was the kid you were playing? I don't know. I don't. It, it, it ain't like I'm on there <laughs> talking to him. You don't talk through the sticks? No, I turn that off. Oh, okay. I do. A, I, Chris is always in there talking. I'm like, yeah. The heck it, no, it, I you turn, talk I, through the sticks. I, I mute the controller speaker and I turn it all the way I down. I know you don't want to hear them kids you playing. I, well, so. I don't want to take wanna, that old man. Well, no, a lot of times <laughs> it's not kids. A lot of times like these grown men I, they like want to talk. Grown men like you. And I'm like, I'm, don't I'm not, do that. I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm like, I don't talk. I used to, but I don't anymore. I stopped that. That's kind of oogie if you. No, start thinking about that. I had to go in there and check. Yeah, when Chris is playing against an adult guy, yes. talking trash to yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, watch. Monitor that. I need you in there with kids your age. Monitor that, Jason. Seventeen, fourteen, five seconds left. We have a field goal to tie it up, send it to overtime, right? I say, you know what? I don't have time for this. We're ending this right now, okay? I never called a fake field goal, so this is this so, is dangerous. So we kicked, we we uh, we we called it. We dial up the fake field goal. Five seconds left, and uh, who threw it for the Raiders? It was Carlson. It was a fake field goal flip. <laughs> it was a fake field goal flip. The the uh, snapper got the ball, yeah. right? The holder, and he. Carlson runs behind him. He flips it behind him. Waller's <laughs> in the end zone. Goes up, makes a moss catch. That's it. Zeros on the clock. It was very epic. It was a very epic. So, so this fool sends the video of it to me and Bennett the other day. You film it? Listen, listen. Neither one of us responded. Me and Bennett. You know why? Because we're grown men. John comes back like, thanks, guys, for commenting. It was a great job. I don't know what he expected. We're watching him play a video game. Hey, he, that's cool. He, yeah, exactly. Say, he, he's like, great look, at, play. look at this play I drew up. You Super. Say, it's the computer, fool. It was the. It was not. All the computer. you did was push the button. It was not the computer. It was like. It was like. First of all, I had to have the. I had to have the balls to call it. Seventeen, fourteen, five seconds left. Right. Then I had to execute it. You called a computer-designed play. Well, I called you it. You didn't design the play. You just pushed the button to call the play. Right, but it was the And decision. then you pushed the button to throw the pass. But I had to make the decision to do it. I didn't want overtime. <laughs> I, I need to be on the – I would call better plays than Tim Cramsey. All right, I would be – would hey, bring don't some, disparage Cramsey well, ball. I would bring some they, excitement. Yeah. I would, my, my play calling would bring they, some they excitement. Would have, How they dare have, you? They would have tried to run it in. Exactly. They, they would have tried to run the ball in. Cram, yeah, of course Cramsey ball. You're going to cram it down. Cram it. Your, no, no, cram it into the end zone. 17-14, yeah. they had a punt of that thing. That is, uh, we need to create a Cramsey ball song. Cram 
Cramsey Bowl. Cramsey Bowl. You better hurry up. Cram it in that's, the middle. That's right. Cramsey Bowl. You're running out. I, I, I don't know. I think uh, we, 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 we had to work on that. We got to work on that idea. Sorry. Uh, you guys are the parody song experts. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're right. Our, our time, our window is closing quickly. Yeah, we need to cram it in before that dude's out of here, But before the brother gone, you know what I'm saying? Well, don't enjoy it so much, Brad. <laughs> Right, there's some joy over Brad there. Can't wait. Can't That's it? like some scooting. Yeah, I'm a radio programmer, man. I get, I get into these I things. Heard a little bit of joy over yeah, there. No, I'm not yeah, excited about it. Scooting song coming. Well, I actually, it, the larger point with that comment is indicative of something that's been said on this station in this show, which is once it trends a certain way and enthusiasm wanes, you never get back to that. We're already three years into this experiment. We know where this movie goes, folks. We know where this damn movie goes. Um, again, Tubby Smith. Get uh, don't be Tubby Part Two. Get some excitement you had to and make, make a, move. a move. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities here. So well, again, sorry, Silverfield still employed. He, he plays UCF after bye week. This yeah, week. Is, is that going to be like the uh, like the trademark you, saying of the show? Though? You have to. So, yeah. I mean, you are you, <laughs> Cramsey you Ball. No, it's going to be Ryan Silverfield for, still employed. Yep, yep. For those folks that are out here saying, how many we're times we get a caveat this thing? Yeah. I mean, like, well, it, this it, is it, where it's at. It, They're going to have five thousand people at the UCF. Yeah, game. Even even Thamel did it. Well, exactly. In there the is. That, well, I do yeah. think there, there is a man like, employed. There's got to be some some dignity there. I mean, well, there should be a man. Bro, that's why you get two or three million dollars. You get that money to get fired or to be awesome. One or the other. Again. If they make a bowl game, there he's he's coming back. That's just the truth. If they go five and seven, then you're gonna have to sit there and you're gonna have to like write a letter and you're gonna have to say and you probably have to do that anyway. You probably have to if you're six and six, you probably have to write a letter if you're Laird Beach. There's gonna be a, a letter to the fans, an open letter, no doubt about well, that's it. That's super fun. You, did you just say five and seven? You're getting a letter too, and it's, things stay the same. I think. Man, get up out of here. Remember, this is the program that was awesome. You guys remember that? <laughs> Five and seven? I thought we said five and seven. Then that might be the scenario. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.